Welcome everybody to the Cult of Dave Podcast Network. New chapter this morning in the battle against Ebola. Nickelback are back. The multi-platinum band has just announced a new album and a North American summer. Until you see the flaming bottle, you ain't seen nothing yet. Guys, and welcome to this week's episode of the Something Good For You podcast, where the two of us sift through the bullshit to try to find a little something good to give you each and every single week. I am one of your two co-hosts, Alex Stiff, and as always, across from me is the bassist extreme, Captain Nunn. Uh, bassist, uh, guitarist, uh, writer, uh... <laughs> Podcaster uh. <laughs> Juggling a lot <laughs> And this week uh, Returning for a second time But the very first time that listeners actually get to hear him uh, You know him as the channel artist I know him as a dear friend uh, David Hammer, ladies and gentlemen oh, What's up everybody, glad hey, to be man. back <laughs> Glad to be back Remember that and one time you, you gotta uh, press did... save this time yeah, like... <laughs> yeah. Remember that one time you were Wasn't on the podcast fault. And the ghost fucked it up Yeah. Wasn't my fault man the ghost fault dude you we know pissed them off man whatever we said <laughs> we were figuring them out is what happened yeah, yeah and what was happening is uh even when we were explaining that to davy when his, he was here that chair you were sitting on the back of it just flew the fuck off and yeah that's what i'm saying he's like yeah and you're like david don't quit mentioning the ghost because <laughs> you so, just played my voicemail exactly <laughs> yeah no dead serious man that wasn't a bit that really happened <laughs> as soon as so, we started mentioning it, it went boom. now i'm just being extra cautious right now just waiting for something <laughs> <laughs> this show is also brought to us by Repo Record down there on Commonwealth Avenue. Check them out online at Repo Record on Instagram or www.reporecord.com for all your new and used vinyl record needs. The show is also brought to us by Hate Energy Drink. As you all know, we've been doing that for you for a little over a year now. You can get it at thefillins.com slash store or at Common Market down on Commonwealth Avenue in Commonwealth. Yes, <laughs> and the thing we always like asking our guests which is david hammer what do you hate hmm i hate a lot of things (laughs) (laughs) because of course not to uh divulge that personal information but you have recently been able to escape uh the clutches clutches of of a bad job yeah (laughs) so (laughs) So how about bad jobs (laughs) right feel you there yeah definitely have had a few of those um uh, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I'm just kind of being annoyed with it, but not really going to bother going into all that. Yeah. Cap, what's been some of the, probably the shittiest job you had? Uh, shitty is in uh, what I just absolutely hated. I'm trying to think. Probably uh, doing a convenience store work for the uh, campuses at the University of Tennessee. Oh, yeah. What, yeah. what was so bad about that? The uh, hours, the people. The hours, the Drunk people. college kids. Drunk college kids. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> well, you were one of the drunk college kids, though. So you yeah, why well, sucked. <laughs> exactly. You I were could, always working. I couldn't party with them, man. I was jealous. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, uh, barring the one we just uh, got out, you just got out of, what would probably say your other worst experience job-wise has been? Um, probably be Walmart. Really? Super corporate, people running the place, mm-hmm. having no idea what it's like for people working or to even work a real job. I mean, everything's yeah. just handed to them by their grandfather. So that was that was a terrible place to work. And it just kind of trickled down to management, which they shit on everybody to work for them. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't any particular store. I hear stories from people working at different Walmarts. Uh, um, yeah, Walmart was a bad place to work. <laughs> Damn. No, I, probably for me, it was working a call center. I, yeah. I, I, uh, it was a situation where we called in, uh, for a fundraiser for a, a specific, uh, group of people that would need fundraising, not to get any sort of detail. Um, and we call up and be like, Hey, I'm calling on, you know, blah, 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 blah. How are you doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you'd have to keep them on the phone for a certain amount of time. You're supposed to sell tickets to this benefit show. And it was kind of working on a goodwill system. Like we send you the tickets with your approval. Mm-hmm. And when you get the tickets, you send us back a check. Yeah. And then the way it works is when you get the money back, then you get a check, a tick on your account. Mm-hmm. And that means, you know, you made a sale. So you would always have, you know, if you sent out too many and when you didn't get, you know, checks back, you know, then that would count against you. And, yeah. you know, then your sales would be down and you always had a base pay, but you always got certain commission, you know, make right. over a certain amount. You get this amount per hour, you know, exactly. or yeah, sell so you this. take the risk to try to get that money and then you don't get a return on it. Yeah. yeah. And so, so it was always a gamble. It was always a risk. And it was, that was probably the most stressful shit. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because uh, I had gone through a bad breakup during that time and man, I tell you, the Ooh. ability to be able to sell when uh-huh. <laughs> your brain is that foggy immediately goes down the drain. And the job like that is soul crushing as it is on top oh of it. Oh my God, man. You you were <laughs> called every name in the book. You would make you think you would be making a multi hundred dollar sale and then that nothing would come back oh, from wow. it. <laughs> it takes a certain personality to be able to do that kind of stuff and enjoy it yeah and and i was able to do it for a minute and i was fine but no just during that period of time it just that fucked me up too hard and about a month later they're like you're out and it's like shit (laughs) cool see ya thank you (laughs) yeah thanks this really helps guy (laughs) smell you later no that that was definitely one of the worst for me outside of that it was never too bad i had kitchen jobs Mm mm-hmm that didn't bug me too much. It's Actually, just my body didn't agree with it. I should look finally back on my food service days. As much as I hated serving people, it was yeah, really, always had really cool staffs. That were I you were with. you front of the house or back? I was front of the house. Really, waiter, bartender, waiter. Yeah, I never knew that. Yeah, I did that for a couple <laughs> hey, of years. Welcome to Chili's. <laughs> no, I was, no, it was all uh, local. It was all local places. <laughs> welcome to Jack in the Box. <laughs> <laughs> what you want? <laughs> what you want? <laughs> God. No, I never knew you were a waiter. <laughs> did it for a couple years, huh? No, I was always back of the house. I was always a uh, line cook, and I and I definitely didn't mind that. But there was a night where I had bent down into um, underneath the flat top. There was a cooler section, mm-hmm. and I bent down in there to grab a burger patty out. And as soon as I did that, something popped in my hip, and it's like, uh, boom! Ouch. I was immediately on the floor, and I thought I was just down and out for the night. Mm-hmm. I'd called mom. She picked me up, got me home, and got up the next day. It was kind of wiggling around my bed and I felt okay and I got in one pant leg and as soon as I put pressure on that hip again it was like pop 
And back down the floor again. Back down you go. So you had to retire. <laughs> yeah, essentially. And that, and that sucked because it's like I thoroughly enjoyed the kitchen life. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't agree with what we're doing now, trying to you no, know, do I mean, band stuff. Exactly. But, I got. But that was one I didn't have. <laughs> the band wasn't full time or anything, and you know I was still just trying to get whatever job I could. Yeah, and, I can't just can't just take those kind of chances with no, those hours anymore. No. Well, that's a fun little way to start <laughs> off this conversation, right? Uh, guys, if you have anything you'd ever like to contribute to the show, you can always give us a call at 513-463-7439. And we actually did have a caller this week, an old friend of ours, Tony Leone. Uh, he had something to uh, say, so hit that intro music. As we all know, uh, KISS is about to go on their End of the Road tour, and one of the pieces of information that really hasn't come out yet is who is their opener going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the tour is kicking off in a few weeks, like like <laughs> yeah. in February. This is some last-minute deals. Yeah, last, so, last minute. <laughs> so it's either going to be there's no opener or there's going to be some sort of surprise opener. Mm-hmm. Well, the rumors have come out, and Tony just could not you know wait to get our opinion on this so let's see what mr leone has to uh say well 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 kiss did it again you know alex for all the times that you want uh bands to to throw up and coming acts and and rock and roll acts and, and saving the rock uh you'd think kiss would be good proponents of that especially with all their bullshit cheesy songs that they sang about rock and roll and you know put the words rock and roll in those songs you know which ones i'm talking about (laughs) but they just the rumors are out have been confirmed but the opener for the kiss tour is what musician david garibaldi oh wait he's not a musician he's a fucking painter (laughs) someone who paints by the numbers just one of these jazzy ass bullshit, spin the canvas around. I saw this shit 10 years ago by a guy named Michael Israel. It's just bullshit. And at first I was like, oh, David Garibaldi, the drummer from uh, Tower of Power. That makes no sense, but okay. Nope. A fucking painter. All right, boys. Discuss. I'm out. Tony Leone. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Tony Leone. (laughs) Did you hear about that cap? I haven't read really into it. I haven't had time other than uh, hearing that message. <laughs> yeah, so that's been the rumor. Uh, a few places had said it, and I had not even heard of the guy. I was aware of the concept, and, and there is a quick video. I'll just kind of pull up and have yeah, playing. So I'm in not the, sure who in, this person in is. the background. I'll save the uh, audio at this point because it's just horrible dubstep. But essentially, what the guy does, he just he's got a specific color canvas he's got a bunch of different palette colors and he he runs around and just rapid fire does stuff he's very animated with his movements and he just he paints to a beat and is very you know flamboyant with his movements essentially Mm -hmm. so this tour is essentially going to be a traveling circus (laughs) if this really is going to be the opener this is like a serious what the fuck moment yeah 
like I just I'm pulled up a video for the guys just to kind of watch as we're you know just yeah. kind of commentating and essentially he's he's doing a portrait of Mickey Mouse. I forward it to about the middle of the video to kind of pick up steam and. This essentially all he's doing is running around the canvas it's and spray painting paint, yeah. <laughs> and slinging paint. Drawing Mickey Mouse with devil horns or some shit. No, this is just regular Mickey Mouse. This is for a, some charity benefit show. Oh. What the hell? Why would this? I really Are hope. Are you ready to rock and roll? Oh, boy. And that just really, Tony, you're right. It, it's it is bullshit because even if they don't want to take out some indie band, it's like at least pick a band of your own caliber to go yeah. out on. And it's not like I'm sure they wouldn't have trouble like getting a, a decent rock band to open up for them. I mean, like I'm sure people would be foaming at the mouth yeah, to get on li- this tour, lining up, or not, yeah, you yeah. know. And like I said, you know, even if they don't want to, you know, pick some unknown band. Because, you know, hell, they had uh, the Biters on the Kiss Cruise. Yeah, you they've, know, had so they've, Ameri- had- they've had American Idol rejects that sang rock and metal as their opening acts and shit like that, too. So they, they have, you know, their finger on whatever, you know, the current generation might be interested in. But if this is a farewell tour for Kiss, fuck it. Pick a band like hell. I guarantee you, I wouldn't personally enjoy it from my own taste. But... Yeah. If they got Guns N' Roses to open for them on that tour, Guns that are, would just... No, Guns N' Roses goes out as headliners with all the fuck you money. They <laughs> they do way better than Kiss. But but imagine that tour. <laughs> yeah. I'm picturing for the Kiss tour, I think a Powerhouse uh, co-headliner would be original Skid Row with Sebastian Bach. You know that won't happen, though. No, it won't, but that audience would fucking eat the shit out of it. They can get Ted Nugent again. (laughs) Hey, it would kill. (laughs) Yeah, if you get over him yelling bullshit. Politics or not, politics or not, that tour kills with uh, that demographic. (laughs) Lord have mercy, Lord. Gene's gotten in enough trouble as it is. I don't think he needs to bring He doesn't need any help. Larry the Cable Guy is the comedian that opens. God. Okay, yeah, so let's bring it back to that. Did you hear about that? Yeah, I heard, I've heard some stuff about it. Was it Sticks? Yes. Yeah. I've heard uh, other bands Larry the Cable comedians. Guy. Yeah, so we've got Larry the Cable Guy with Sticks. Now this painter with Kiss. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Is it just that bad where they can't pay a whole band to tour with them now? Or is, it, is the industry just that awful? Maybe their egos are getting that big they want to be the only musician. Because Sticks and Kiss aren't playing like huge <laughs> arenas or anything like that. Uh, no. <laughs> they don't they don't draw the uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers or U2 or Rolling Stones arenas by no. any means. <laughs> well, I mean, neither do like well Foo Fighters still don't at this today don't right. pull a whole lot, you know? Right, but when they do it's always stadiums. Well, I mean, they played Time Warner here. Mhm. And I mean that's not that big. No, I mean like, but it's still a it's still a stadium. I I put them in like five hundred uh, two hundred cap five hundred five hundred cap uh, then arenas then stadiums. Well, I mean Kiss could like play that. that. Mm-hmm. Kiss, Kiss would play time if Time Warner. I think Kiss is could play Time Warner, but they're playing Verizon when Verizon, they come to town. That's right. And Verizon holds more than Time Warner. So I mean, if we do want to compare, if you're wanting to compare arena sizes, theaters to. Uh, I didn't realize that that the uh, arena here was so small. 
Well, yeah. we've got yeah, Compared we've got the else. well, it's the new Spectrum Center. Spectrum yeah. Center, uh, yeah. But it's yeah, relatively the cable new box. Too. Yeah, the cable box. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got that one, but then we've got the um, Panther Stadium. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they don't hold, hold shows over no. there or anything like that. No, I think very rarely they do stuff over there. Do they? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they do any music stuff. It's weird. Right. It'd be perfect. Well, I mean, what what, what artist like would that. even be big enough to fill that place nowadays? In North Carolina, probably Kenny Chesney or some shit like that. Yeah, something country. Yeah. <laughs> Avett Brothers. Yeah. Avett yeah. Brothers could pack that. If they they sold out Bojangles for two nights over uh, New Year's. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if they can do Bojangles for two nights, they could probably pack out uh, Panthers if they could, if they were. Able yeah, to, if they were doing yeah. like some like stupid. Bank of America Stadium. If, if they whatever. were doing like some fan club, like silly, uh, really good ticket price or something like that mm-hmm. for diehards or whatever. Hell, I wouldn't even say that. If, again, if they can sell out, you underestimate the size of Bojangles. Because I haven't been to a show over there yet. Have you not? I have I, not. I've not really been in it, but I've I've seen the capacity of the inside. And if they can sell that out for two nights uh, with whatever prices they're offering at that place, which yeah. with cer- with service prices and everything else, we already know that adds like an extra oh, yeah. fifty bucks, to, regardless of what the ticket price is. Yeah, ticket price is <laughs> almost always double to triple. I know it's <laughs> fucking nuts. I'd say Kiss would be able to pack that out. You think? What Bojangles? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Probably, it would, would actually might so. be a little too small for them. Might be all right because they had no problem uh, uh, filling up uh, the amphitheater. Mm-hmm. This is a really long way of us saying "fuck that magician." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, we just let the conversation roll wherever it goes. <laughs> if we start trailing off talking about venue sizes, we talk about fucking venue sizes. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Hell, we bitch about venue sizes because at this point, aside from the milestone and Snug Harbor every so often, and then Tommy's Pub... There's really not a good place for like a mid-sized touring. Yeah, band. it's either super small or huge. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the neighborhood theater is like the biggest one they can get into now, as far as like a mid-tier and size. And, mm-hmm. and there's such a disconnect because not a lot of locals play there. A small yeah. handful do. So there's just such a line between Milestone, Snug, and Tommy's, which is the place we'll all right. you know congregate and we all have fun at. And it's one of those like no, it's like this isn't meant to be disrespect, but anybody, at all. but anybody can book those places. Of course, and it's like. And the, and that's the great thing about it is anyone can book those places. Yeah, so you're yes. going to get really cool shows out of it. So that's not a knock. That's a plus on my side. Absolutely. But then literally the next step up from that are venues so large that, I mean, I would even include ourselves in it. 99% of the bands in town really couldn't handle. We mm-hmm. couldn't handle that size of a room yet. As far as being able to make it the pay for the overhead, absolutely not. No. So that, that's that's just the reality of it. So it's, it sucks that there's not like that mid-grade stage yeah. for it anymore. So, yeah. so that's just, it's kind of one of those things of I wish Charlotte in general would kind of pay attention to music more because yeah. it feels like national bands even overlook Charlotte for those sort of reasons. But guys, we have the music factory. Hey, yay. That even the smaller band. areas are still super corporate and you got to be like a touring band even for them to look at you. Yep. It's a, they call it the music factory, but they do jack shit for music in, <laughs> yeah. in town. Well, no, it's a music factory. They just put out factory made music. <laughs> <laughs> the underground was promising, but it's just a smaller version of the big places yeah and and that's and 
they have a potential that they're yeah. just not doing. They're just not tapping they're, it. They're not yeah. taking I, any I, They might be scared to pull the trigger. I don't know what's going on there, but no, they it's, are. It's, it is, and it's and it's a one hundred percent, you know. A financial reason and i can understand why mm-hmm. uh from a business standpoint but from a musician standpoint and a person that you know wants to get out and play it does suck that you know it's not extended too much to too many locals they, yeah they mainly cater to the cover bands it, yeah, and that's gotta, fine because that's where the money is and, yeah so and, i can't really blame them and they got to pay the corporate money because live nation needs to see all of it too in order to maintain it so exactly yeah. so if i was a business going... owner i would be looking at it and i would probably have to do the same thing too so i can't be horribly upset at them it's just annoying. but i'm still gonna be mad at them. <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna be unrighteously mad at about it <laughs> i have no reason but oh well <laughs> yeah it just makes it extra difficult <laughs> to play music in short well, David, uh, I do know that some of the things that you enjoy do include wrestling. Yes. Cass has been nerding out about that. And uh, yeah. even recently, we had uh, Fireball on the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, for a lot of those, you actually attended those Fireball wrestling shows. Oh, yeah. Those are a lot of the Grindhouse shows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of fun. Those were some of my favorite shows, dude, to play <laughs> at, for sure. Well, it was probably one of your favorite matches out of those. Um. I know the one you guys touch base on with uh, Fireball, Moshi, and Terry Houston. Uh, where that we was wild. Uh, yeah. Dick. <laughs> no, no. When oh, uh, Terry one? got hit with the sink. Oh, that, yeah. That was brutal. Yeah, that, that was, was brutal. That, that was a... Uh, because you remember that, that, one that was moment where it was all of a sudden like, oh, wait, this, yeah. isn't, this isn't cool anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's, he's not stopping. It's like, we yeah. need to cut this. They all about pulled a fucking uh, Owen Hart on that uh, Fireball. Uh, the night Zane Riley came out as John Cena was quite entertaining. Oh, I remember that one now. <laughs> he came out, the music, the salute, yes. the hat toss, he did it all. Do you not That's remember right. that one? I barely do. I remember like that when that was the thing and everything, too. That's mm-hmm. what I'm trying to place my memory was, at. Wasn't that one of the earlier ones? Um, I want to say somewhere mid midway okay. through the life of the, the Grindhouse there, show. There was a handful I missed, so I may have only seen that in photo form. Mm-hmm. I think I might have video I can pull up later. Yeah, <laughs> no, th- those were some of the wildest times, and that just even kind of reverts back to the venue thing, where it's like that happened at Tremont. Yeah, you know? like and you guys said in that original original episode with Fireball, just everything fell into place with that venue worked out perfect for the music, the wrestling, and everything all around. It's not really a lot of places you can pull that off the way he did there. De- yeah. Definitely not around here at the very least yeah. anymore. So, and I guess that just kind of puts us in a position of, you know, all right, well, let's get creative with it. What can we do mm-hmm. in our in our little box, you know? Well, yeah. Seriously, because I, I would love to be able to do more stuff like that again. Yeah, well, we just, it, it's a situation of, you know, no one else is going to do it, you know, until someone else starts doing it, you know? Yeah. So it's like someone has to make the first step is, let's maybe refer back to Kevin Smith. He was always like, I wish someone would make a movie about, you know, the way my friends talk. My friends talk about, you know, Star Wars and, you know, bullshit and all day. And all. <laughs> shit like yeah, that. he's like, there, no one makes movies about that. I wish someone would do that. Well, no one was, so he did. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that and that sparked, you know, a bunch of people being like, holy shit, that's me and my friends on the screen. So it's yeah. like... The only way something happens is if you truly want it to happen, you just gotta make it happen. It's about like yeah. what I did with this podcast. Exactly. <laughs> you just have to will it into existence. I just said fuck it. And that's even kind of what happened and um with you because we've been teasing uh 
the past few episodes that we have a new show coming out. Yep. And might as well go ahead and talk about it now. Uh, Cap and I, through the Cult of Dave Patreon channel, are going to be doing a new commentary show. And it's going to be called The Couch Brotatoes. <laughs> see? You see? It's funny. <laughs> funny! And uh, David, over here, uh, not only were you the channel artist for the main show that people are listening to right now, mm -hmm. but you were also the artist for that show, yep. and you named it. Yeah. <laughs> because Cap and I were just at a slump trying to figure out a funny name. We were running through a bunch of different ideas. And you just wound up throwing yeah, out. Yeah, it just came into my head. I'm like, out of nowhere. Couch potatoes. You, you literally just kind perfect. of popped your head around the corner and you just yeah. like, you pointed at me. <laughs> I and walked said to your it. office and I'm like, couch potatoes. You're like, that's it. You grab your, <laughs> you grab your phone and you're it, like, it caps all for it. it just, <laughs> if the show sucks, the title is still awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it really, it kind of caught me off guard. You, it's like you said it to me and I stared at you for a second. I'm like, Holy fuck, that's great! <laughs> <laughs> and then the uh, artwork, uh, just the Beavis and Butthead thing, yeah. is just so cool looking. And I'm gonna, and uh, when y'all see it, uh, there's uh, my uh, character has a T-shirt that I'm definitely gonna get printed up for myself soon. <laughs> <laughs> he is so giddy about that. I am. <laughs> see, I told you he was gonna yep. like that. <laughs> so no, guys. Uh, essentially, what it is, uh, like I said, it's a commentary show. We're gonna listen. Listen. We're going to watch uh, popular music movies or biopics or, you know, such things of the Fun sort. stuff that involving like music uh, theme stuff like fucking uh, Kiss Meets the Phantom, Rock and Roll High School, um, Rockstar. That'd be fun as shit. <laughs> oh, God. Airheads. <laughs> Airheads. <laughs> so anything just kind of, you know, music, funny, movie related, may watch Spinal it. Tap, watch us cringe. Oh, God. <laughs> watch us cry. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's not funny anymore. Or listen to us <laughs> cry. Yeah. So essentially what it's going to be is that. And we'll do a little countdown on the show. Five, four, three, two, one. You press play with us at the same time. And you put an earbud in and just, and we kind of mystery science theater it. Right, for a yeah. lack of a better term. So <laughs> that's going to be part of the Cult of Dave Patreon. But if you pay attention to the feed, there's going to be a 0.5 episode coming out sometime this week in between this and the new episode. And it's going to be a free teaser for it. And it's going to be the Kiss Me's the Phantom of the Park episode. Yes. And Cause, silly as fuck. <laughs> so because on my Facebook, I put out a thing asking, you know, hey, what's some of your favorite movie uh, things uh, around music? And a ton of the Kiss fans on my page were like, Kiss Me's the Phantom, it's so funny, it but horrible. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I was going to do that anyway. <laughs> so we put, we're going to put that out for free, but all future episodes plus uh, new shows from the Cult of Dave network are going to be on that Patreon. Um, the reason we're mainly talking about it is because there's going to be a big overhaul and we're going to finally get a schedule skip. Schedule set. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it. Uh, and it's going to be a fun little rotation. Plus, you're going to get episodes early. Uh, I've been really working with the guys, and we're going to totally revamp the site. And it's going to be really fucking cool and awesome. So help support and help keep this shit running because we've been thoroughly enjoying it. So thank you, David, for you're doing welcome, all the artwork man. for us. <laughs> and again, guys, subscribe to the Patreon now for only a buck. I think you can get access to all the network shows a day early. And then I think for three bucks a month, you get all access to the new shows, including couch potatoes, crux conspiracy, which is a fun conspiracy show that, That's um, right. Uh, Jerry, Dave, and a handful of others do. Uh, there's a DJ show where they actually do kind of like a pirate radio thing. Shh. 
don't tell iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a whole lot of fun. Come join with us. Uh, we're the more people that get involved, the more we're going to do. That's essentially yeah. what it comes down to. The more that you have fun with us, the more we're going to do in general, which includes the hotline, which includes all the hashtags and all that bullshit. So we've been having fun with it. And I really enjoy yeah. the fact that you've been able to get in with us and really help seal that look for us from the beginning. Oh yeah. Because essentially with the artwork that you see on the front page, Cap and I took two separate photos. Yep. And I photoshopped them together and kind of like in paint shop, kind of like drew <laughs> the uh, sketching and like where the stitches should be. And I sent it to David. I was like, man, do this kind of like with this color scheme, because uh, another friend of ours, Nick, had done a version of it that we've used for some alternate artwork here and mm-hmm. there. Right. He's got a completely different style. Yeah. And we've used, we like that for a lot of the comic book type stuff. But I saw David's style and how, you know, close he can kind of replicate, you know, it's really detailed. Yeah. So it was when he showed it to me, I was like, shit, that's, that's, that's fucking artwork, man. Fucked up facial hair I have on my cheeks. <laughs> my Joe Dierte. Joe Dierte. That Apache Indian. Apache here, Apache there. <laughs> Basically. So no, so that's enough self-plugging uh, for all that shit. Uh, Cap, what do you got for us? Because I know you said you had a little bit of something you've been looking at music-wise. Well... Danko Jones is coming out with a new record. I saw that. Pretty stoked about that. And uh, I think it's coming out in April or something like that. So yeah. follow Danko Jones on Instagram and all that stuff for uh, announcements regarding that. And uh, a lot of stuff has happened with uh, Hank Von Hell recently that hasn't really been getting that much traction. But it's a You're really right. fascinating and I, story. And I wanted to actually touch base on that a few weeks ago, but I completely forgot about it. Thank you for bringing that back up. And this is No, this is good timing, too, because a lot has happened since uh, the yep. dilemma that happened. Um, essentially, uh, I'll read the, uh, the press line for it. It says, uh, we are very sad to announce that the North American tour for Hank has to be postponed, not canceled until later days this year. This is due to an issue slash fine that occurred back in the 90s. And the same issue has previously been... No problem solved, or uh, previous been no problem solved when he received a working visa in 2003. So he had a lot of visa issues. And for uh, context, Hank Von Hell, uh, original singer for uh, Turbo Negro. Yes. And uh, he was going to do some tours, uh, do a run in the States, and uh, to promote his uh, new solo album he has. But he had problems with his visa, and he had to postpone the tour and everything. Because of the uh, government shutdown, they weren't able to actually check in and get everything taken care of. Exactly. But then uh, he put out a statement himself, and this is really cool. He uh, It reads, I'm so sorry for this delay that happened, guys. Everyone was ready to go. Band's visas are all cleared. Best set list ever in place and rehearsed. Then this shit happens. Look, it's no secret that I've got a troublesome past. Back in the 90s, I got busted for stuff related to my previous bad habits and during a very dark period of my life. This is not an issue in 2003. Uh when I did get a working visa and not in 2015 when I went to the States, but apparently now it is. Here's what I'm going to do now to make up for this in at least some way. I've called up the producer of Egomania. That's his new label or a new record from this label. And I'm entering the studio right now to record an EP that I will release exclusively in the U S first in late May. Damn. He's already got the single for it out and everything too. So did he? I missed that. I think it just dropped like, Yesterday, oh, at the damn. time of this recording. Okay, shit. I'll also make sure this EP drops on vinyl. That's exclusive for North America. All my profit will be donated to nonprofit organizations in the U.S. dedicated to training dogs, helping veterans with PTSD. How cool is that? 
that that's definitely cool. a way to kind of kick back at it some. And, and and it's funny, a lot of bands were have been doing interesting things. See, we usually avo- avoid um, any sort of political talk, and yeah, I, th- I think we can still kind of comment on this without it being any sort of um, political basis, right? But, but it's a very interesting thing because and for other and for extra context, uh, Hank von Hell is coming from Scandinavia, exactly. Mm-hmm. So. Him, you know, that's kind of an interesting thing that, you know, a lot of people were focused on, you know, TSA agents not being able to be paid and all that such. Uh, and to bring it back to Tony's conversation, uh, Kiss, they have a restaurant called Rock and Brews. Yeah. And they recently uh, put out a thing because a lot of their restaurants are in airports mm-hmm. that once a day TSA agents and anyone working at the airport was allowed one free meal at the restaurant. Yeah. And, and I find it really interesting that in this time and age, it's the rock and rollers and the musicians and the artists mm-hmm. in general that They're are stepping up going, going out of their way to yeah. take care of their, their audience. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I find that really cool. And that, that, Regardless of what bullshit Kiss wants to pull on this new tour with lip syncing <laughs> and fake members and fucking finger painting, finger painter artists <laughs> opening take, for them. They go out of their way to take care of their crews. They are, uh, they, they've done that. They've done a lot. Uh, they There was a tour called the Rock the Nation Tour where yeah. every night they donated like a sp- specific amount of proceeds of the ticket sales to the Wounded Warriors. Yep. And like they literally made it a thing every night. They've tallied up the the total during the set and they walked out there with a check with the wounded warrior foundation and would hand it off to them every night saying, you know, your ticket money went to support these people. Thank you. Every so re- they've always made it a point to support, you know, the people that support us, us being a community. Exactly. And they, apparently if you talk to any member of their road crew, they love working with kiss. They take care of them. And, and, that's, and that seems to be uh, the thing with the rock music crowd, because we've been hearing a lot of stuff lately about uh, roadies and shit for like all these rap artists going like, <laughs> I had to quit because yeah. what's his nuts smelled like, what, what was that dude? Post, Post Malone. Malone. Oh, yeah. He smelled so bad. I, I literally had to quit my job. <laughs> <laughs> I think Post Malone is... Cardi B's assistant or old roommate's now coming out saying her pussy stank. (laughs) Post Malone and Cardi B are going to be very specifically this time period. (laughs) I hope so. Yeah. Both of those. It's like, man, sorry, listeners, if any of y'all like them. That shit is so fucking intolerable for me. That is just... Oh, God. That's one of those get off my lawn fucking deals. (laughs) Oh God! And uh, and to wrap it all up with the Hank Von Hill story, uh, he he has rescheduled dates uh, for North America, and, and he's added quite a few more too. So if you go to his uh, social media pages, check out Hank Von Hill's live show if he's in town. Because I've looked up some YouTube videos, and they look fun as shit. Yeah, I was actually talking to a uh, Van from A Rip and Productions, and he yes. was uh, telling me about all that. And they've got the uh, date rescheduled through them too. So I think it's in like August or something like that. Yeah, you know? so we finally have more time to plan to go. <laughs> That's still in a fucking Tuesday, but yeah. we'll oh, make it, it work. The Tuesday further away that you can make it work, though. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Hey, don't talk to us about making shit work. <laughs> you can't stop the villain, <laughs> the twisted sister. <laughs> well, still, you can't stop rock and roll. Just trying yeah. to make our name work in it. <laughs> it still has this. It still means the same damn thing. <laughs> On the last episode. um, 
unbelievably, I had to actually explain to Mikey uh, what Chris Hansen was. <laughs> <laughs> but through all that, uh, we wound up bunny trailing into prank calling. Was uh-huh. that anything you wound up doing as a teenager? Was Did you ever get into the whole prank calling thing? Um, no, I never got into it. I always wanted to sat by and snickered while other people did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't think I've really done it myself. I got hit by it a couple times. I used really? to work in a paintball place. Uh-huh. Um, I remember one guy very specifically called up and asked how much we charged to paint his balls. <laughs> um, I was That's like, we're not that though. type of an establishment. He's like, come on, name your price. Everybody has a price. <laughs> but, uh, That's awesome. <laughs> That's good. I like that one. Yeah. <laughs> now that used to be something I was, uh, after that last episode, I was trying to think hard about uh, some of the others I did because God, there were just years where that that seemed to be the number one go to just for fun. Yeah, just everybody prank. sitting around. I was like, oh, "Hold on, let me grab my phone." <laughs> and I don't know why it's such a dumb thing. I kind of want to figure out a segment we can do with it. Uh, yeah. I, I think there's a. I think there's some you potential in all that. With that. Yeah, callers, if you haven't, if or listeners, if you if you have an idea, call in the hotline and give us a idea for that because I've got a couple things in my head. But I don't know yet. But I think there, I you think can there's something get real creative with this. I think there's definitely something in there that we can have fun with. Yeah, and there's even apps now you can get. Mm-hmm. See, and they'll have an automated voiceover having a conversation with a stranger, and see, it just records it for you. And see, and that's fun. But to me, that feels like it cheapens it some. Yeah. I guess I'm old school on that because I want to be able to work on the fly. Yeah, and be able to like really work off what they're saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's more fun that way. And you can get into character and everything and build your character as you're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Cap, uh, you've been in radio and everything too. And with you enjoy digging back in with your wrestling nerd background, who would you say probably had the best promos? Uh, I watched my favorite era to watch on YouTube really as far as promos is the 80s. Especially with the Macho, Macho Man is probably my favorite promo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Macho All Man. whacked out on coke. <laughs> Macho Man or uh, Ultimate Warrior. Just like the really cartoony shit. <laughs> yeah, that was the 80s all the way. They're hollering. Mm-hmm. Not making a lot of sense. <laughs> just breathing really heavily. <laughs> and who had the better promos? Who hollered louder? <laughs> I don't know. People love Rowdy Roddy Piper and everything, but if he had a long promo. It felt like a long promo with his uh, routine. Mm-hmm. Who's your favorite? Um, I see Dusty Rhodes is always really good on the promo. Him and Flair. Yeah. Um, more modernly, um, CM Punk did some really cool stuff. And some of his stuff you weren't sure if it was real or not, especially when he would even joke about breaking the fourth wall. Um, he did some really cool promo work. Man, it's honestly been kind of hard for me to get into modern wrestling. Yeah, I just kind of bounce around as far every, like, year and a half I'll watch a special that's on or mm-hmm. something like that like a Wrestlemania or whatever what's crazy because right now like especially WWE I think um, athlete wise mm-hmm. they're probably in one of the better positions they've been in a while it's just or, they can't write stories for them like they used to no they just they have all the talent as far as like you know who's going to be the best looking uh, superstars we have and everything but Chris Jericho just signed to a company in Japan or something like that no it's uh, All Elite Wrestling All Elite Wrestling yeah, what's just, the background uh, on that I haven't that's a uh, company that 
is being funded by one of the co-owners of the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's right. A um, couple guys from Japan. It might be where you got it from. Cody okay. Rhodes, which is the son of Dusty Rhodes, and two of his buddies, the Young Bucks, they decide to start drawing wrestling federation whatever um they got the big financial backing they actually a few months back put on their own independent pay-per-view did super well they sold out a venue pretty quickly like within like 20 minutes or something like that did they have name recognition at all Um, it's mostly indie darlings indie darlings yeah i think some former wwe guys but mostly indie darlings but i mean they did really well for that first event kind of piqued that guy's interest he decided to financially back them and like you said they're bringing in jericho a bunch of big names are so it's going to build into something cool yeah i mean like, they're looking like it might be a lot of fans are thinking about kind of like the wcw wwf uh, yeah the years they were battling feel, but, doesn't it um but nothing's happened yet i mean they haven't even had an official event yet but. yeah because all this is just like like as fresh as like you know this is like chris jericho's their first superstar right yeah well i mean they've had a um if you remember neville who was in WWE a few years ago? I, I, uh, I don't know. A little know. small British guy? Um, no, no, I definitely don't. Okay. That's how he signed I, I with them. I am with it. They're talking about trying to bring in Goldberg. Really? Yeah. I don't know if they want him in an in-ring capacity or, or what they're wanting to do with that, but... Was the Goldberg stick? Wasn't it just like he never loses? Yeah, he he got like the two hundred and something wins with no losses. What? That's, <laughs> that's, that's so stupid. That's so and cheap. They, they inflated the cheap. numbers because I mean, you'd see him a week later and he had like twenty new numbers or twenty more added to his numbers. Yeah. Like uh, you didn't have that many matches, but wow, that's just lazy storytelling. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> what about him this week? No, he wins. I, I don't have time for this. <laughs> and he would usually win within like three moves. I mean, he'd punch him a couple of times, set up a spear, and then yeah, his finisher. Yeah, that annoys the shit what, out of me. Where's the fun in that? Yeah. It's like you, you just automatically know that when that guy enters the ring, just it's going to be a quick match and he wins. That doesn't seem like that's any fun. Well, he had a good look to him, and he was athletic. I mean, he was in the NFL. Yeah. He just really couldn't carry on a match much longer than that anyway. <laughs> he's tried, and it shows. Because his career wasn't that long, really. I mean, it? he's not going to have a huge technical match or anything. Yeah, it was just a year or two in WCW. Took a long hiatus. He came back to WWE did, for a little bit. Did the longest yard with Adam Sandler. <laughs> <laughs> it's like once every 10 years, he just disappears for a while. And then comes right. back for like a couple months. And just wins again because <laughs> that that's the easiest role to get into. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because he gets winded walking to the ring. Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> so. But there's like, how, how many leagues are there now? It seems like there's like five or six. Yeah, there's wrestling. there's several major ones and a bunch of them all around. But there's like one that Triple H owns. Well, he's uh, married to Vince's daughter, da- Stephanie. Yeah. And, th- and, they and he's running together. their developmental um their developmental league they got. Oh, for a WWE? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought it was like their own separate Once thing. those guys, I mean, it's it's doing well enough that it could be its own thing, but those guys are actually, their ultimate goal is to get to the WWE roster. Gotcha. So they're, they're contracted wrestlers basically learning the WWE style of working. And what's the one that uh, Billy Corgan owns? Um, he yes, actually bought it. I heard about that recently. Like I was not aware about that. Like what? Yeah, uh, TNA Impact, whatever they're calling That's themselves right. this week, okay. they had gotten big financial trouble, and he bailed them out. Because he's a um, diehard wrestling fan. <laughs> and then he wow. kind of got pushed out and basically sued him, got his money back, and he's bought in to kind of bring back the old NWA. Okay. And kind of bring them back to prominence. So huh. that's his big thing he's trying to do right now. So does that one seem like, out of all of them, the one that may actually bring back a little bit of classic? 
Um, possibly. They I mean they were big there for a while. I mean, WCW branched out of NWA, mm-hmm. ECW, yeah. uh, even TNA Impact in the early days were tied in with the NWA. So it's right. always been there. Hmm. That's God. That is just real. That <laughs> it's just a mind fuck. The guy from the Smashing Pumpkins <laughs> of all bands. Like I get it. I think it would be cool if musicians own you know a wrestling you know t- team or tournament whatever that yeah. you know category would be called. But it just didn't feel like. 90s grunge rock yeah, band would, would be interested in purchasing that. It feels like you expect someone, Kiss to do something to own it or something. God, like yeah, that. that feels like a Gene Simmons move. That exactly. feels like a Lars Ulrich move. That feels well, like Saint Clown Posse has their own. So that that feels like <laughs> See, an that SCP makes sense move. too. Like that that totally makes sense. It just feels like 90s grunge guy owning a wrestling company or team. <laughs> that just seems very odd to I, me. I saw. Uh, Smashing uh, Pumpkins play a festival in Memphis one time. And he gets on the mic and he goes, Memphis, Tennessee, home of Jerry the King Lawler. (laughs) I bet that was a mindfuck for people there. They're like, what? (laughs) How does he know? What the hell is this bullshit? (laughs) What? That Billy Corgan guy's pretty cool. Ah, I couldn't get into that. Still couldn't get into <laughs> Smashing Pumpkins. I enjoyed it. They had some bangers on Siamese Dream. That's like the only one I re- revisit from Smashing Pumpkins, really. There's a lot of guitar shred in it that's like sneaky good. It's just that old 90s era. It just to me, was just so gloom and doom. It's like, mm-hmm. I'll have this theory because it's like, you know, folks want to reflect back, I don't know about nowadays, but, you know, when at least I originally had this theory, it's like people held on to the 90s as the glory days of the economy and the presidency. And it's like, oh, that was, you know, a better time. It was this time. big cultural thing. With yeah. The- so it's like, you know, 80s punk was pissed off at the government and the way, you know, financials were. So that's where that aggression came from. Yeah. Well, come the 90s, we're in an upswing. Mm-hmm. Can't be mad about the government. Can't be mad about the status. What can you be mad about? Myself. <laughs> so it's like everything this is just... fucking town. Yeah. So it's like, you know, everything had such a doom and gloom feel to it. Even if it was a poppy ska song, yeah. it was still like, whoa, I hate my fucking town. <laughs> At least 90s... I want to sit my wrist. I'm feeling so down. <laughs> At least with 90s hip-hop they always encourage people to go out and get that money <laughs> you and, know yeah and and i guess that's where i kind of fall in line where it's like if i'm gonna listen to any 90s there's some bands like super suckers that you know nobody were, that's on classic rock radio no. really i mean i don't mind the sound gardens and pearl jams of the world and everything like that i know you do but i, I don't mind that kind of stuff at all but only in small doses See, Dave is the odd one out because you're actually you have an eclectic taste. You actually like a lot of different stuff. You're not yeah. so closed minded like in a box like I am. So you're just <laughs> like, oh yeah, I like everything you're talking about, but I also like this, this, and this. And I'm like, <laughs> no. <laughs> but man, um, what actually got you? Well, just hard change of gears real quick, but still just kind of focusing it on you because I've I've really enjoyed being hearing you being able to just kind of nerd out on different stuff. Yeah. So I'm, I'm baiting you into a new one here. All right. What really got you started into doing art? Because you really do have a good eye for color and composition. Um, I don't know what really got me into it. It's just ever since I was little, I just always drawing with crayons or whatever yeah. starting out. My mom used to draw and paint a lot. Um, <clears throat> she tells a story about one time I walked up, I was like two or three years old and, 
said, look, I drew a ghost on a jack lantern. She's thinking, uh-huh, you know, kids can't draw worth the shit usually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Then she looks now, she's like, well, damn, there's a ghost in a jack lantern in there. Way to go. Um, and just, it's always been something I've been into is just drawing and doing different yeah. kinds of art forms. So. Yeah, well, I mean, it definitely shows that you never wound up going to, like, any sort of, like, schooling or teaching for any no, of it. No, um, I did. I mean, we had an art club in high school. Yeah. <laughs> they end up vote me in as the president of the art club dude we yeah. only did it for one year but it was still cool um sweet 11th and 12th grade or i think it was maybe just 12th grade high school art consists of basically making a tile display for our front office okay so we didn't really do anything but that the whole year so it was fun but it also sucked i'm like don't get to do any other projects except this <laughs> but um it came out pretty cool i still have people go by the school for whatever reason they're like hey dude i saw your name in there on the tile i'm like mm. yeah it's still up <laughs> wow but that's actually that's cool, pretty though. cool yeah but it's just kind of like a whole wraparound counter like the fronting the front face of the counter a mm. bunch of tiles just teenagers like i think there's like a basketball player somebody sitting out next to their car wow. somebody lifting weights just kind of teenage That's high school cool, kid though. stuff on it so i find it interesting that uh both you and cap what y'all were kind of getting into in high school has really parlayed into what you're really doing now in adult life because mm -hmm. you know from what you've been what you've been telling me, you're trying to really take your art to the next level. Now you've been yeah. feeling confident enough to really put yourself out there as an artist mm -hmm. and possibly take some commissions, especially maybe for local bands. Yeah, and you know, and just different projects like you know what we're doing. And then Cap, you got into doing radio stuff in high school and college, and then Absolutely. look at you now. <laughs> I know it, man. Music and everything else. I mean, we're just creatives, man. I mean, that's one thing I've just realized. What was the first radio, or like, what was the first little thing you got into when it came to anything close to radio? Oh, Wait, did you shit. do like the school announcements at any time? I didn't. I was too chicken shit to go after it until I got into college. Really? Yeah. I would have laughed if uh, there was just a if there was a young cap up <laughs> up in the school office going like, hey. Today we gonna be having chicken tenders. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, uh, just so, to, I'm sorry, Miss Principal. I'm trying not to say that. <laughs> be sure to walk single file going to the cafeteria. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday to Mr. Norval, the English teacher. <laughs> Did you ever do any like school plays or anything? Uh, not no, not school plays. I did church plays, but not school plays. What, what what would you do in the church plays? It was just all stuff about Jesus and. Well, I'm Christmas saying, like, plays. did you have like a like part, or were you just like in a choir? It was more choir based. Oh, okay, I didn't know like with if you had like with, di with dialogue <laughs> sprinkled in between. Oh, okay, but you didn't like walk out and have like a part with another person or Jesus anything. Jesus did this. <laughs> <laughs> No, there was only a few times I wound up uh, being part of that because for a good bit of time I was homeschooled and then I quickly got my GED and I was like, fuck this bullshit, I'm playing music. <laughs> but for the time that I was in uh, elementary school, that was in public, uh, I was actually part of one... Uh, there was one school play we were doing. I can't remember exactly what it was, but no one wanted me to be in it because I wasn't popular at all. People just hated mm -hmm. my guts, even in elementary school. Right. It had to be like fourth grade, and I still had like no friends. <laughs> and I, but I still wanted to be in it. And the principal was basically the only teacher there that liked me, and my second grade teacher. Those were the only people. And and thankfully, the principal put a word in for me, and everyone was so against me going up there until I remember helped remember other. 
people's lines uh-huh. and people would freeze right before they went out and I would feed them their first line and by the end of the show people were like oh thank you so much for being on <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. oh now uh-huh, yeah now <laughs> you're thankful because because I was nervous about remembering my own part so I you remember the first everything I don't remember everything but I remembered like the beginning of each verse or like mm-hmm. the beginning of each part yeah and I remembered who went to who on that so I could just remember okay so and so's out there that's you know three paragraphs away from when I come busting out doing my thing and you have to you memorized everybody's parts <laughs> I didn't, like I said no not everyone's parts I just kind of remembered the starts to everything right but even then you're like just OCD enough so like, all right I gotta remember the, just these little things in order oh to yeah. make this work if I have to do it myself <laughs> oh my god okay you remember <laughs> oh my god okay you know those memories that just randomly hit you and you mm-hmm. hadn't thought about it in forever yep god I swear this is 100% true, and I wish I still had a friend from back then that I could call up right now and confirm it. During, I wish I remembered the exact grade. It had to be third or fourth grade. Uh, During our music class, Mm -hmm. um, there was a certain part or a certain uh, lesson they were doing where they were saying you could bring in your favorite song and use it part at, and we'll try to use it as part of a music class. Mm -hmm. And people were bringing in popular radio hits at the time, like there was a Britney Spears song someone brought in, and you know we'd have to listen to that, and then the art, and then the music teacher would break it down, going, "Okay, so this was the verse, this is the chorus, this that, that, and the other," Mm -hmm. you know, just kind of explaining to was music theory a little bit like in the most basic term right yeah <laughs> it was my turn and i brought in the live version to shout it out loud <laughs> as you as you do naturally <laughs> and now reflecting on it in my later years just the concept of this entire <laughs> class of third and fourth graders having to sit here in our seats we weren't standing up sitting in our seats basically staring at this boom box <laughs> and shouted out loud as playing with the teacher just kind of pacing back and forth just waiting for this fucking song to stop <laughs> isn't that time period anybody come in with uh dr dre <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 like nothing like that ever came in. There was a lot of country and pop that came in because because uh, right. this was uh, in Gaffney, South mm-hmm. Carolina. So the so pop and country were real big around. In, there. in my high school, it would have been all three six mafia because they were in Memphis and they were the shit when I was in high school. <laughs> when I say weak ass, you say bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Not and, and plus you got to remember it's still elementary school, right? <laughs> but, but that was a fucked up thing, man. Uh, do you remember much from elementary? Mm-hmm. There were kids talking about sex and shit, yeah. like in third and fourth grade. That's still so fucked up to think about because I I now Damn. think. Do you are you remembering any of that? I don't think we started talking about that shit until like sixth grade or something. Really? Like that. Yeah. Nah, man. These some of these fucking rats in school. They were already talking about sex in like third and fourth grade. That's so fucked and up. Super filthy mouths. Yeah, man. It's nuts. <laughs> Cause uh, I know that you have a son. Mm-hmm. What, how is that currently? Cause I have a sister, so she gets mm-hmm. a different side of it. You know. Yeah. How is it from like you know a boy's side of it now in school? Is it Probably as bad as it was like when we were in. Probably just as bad. I mean, I went and picked him up at the bus stop the other day, and he's got some old neighbor kids he likes to hang out with. And uh, one of the boys had got on a website he wasn't supposed to be on at school. He's supposed to be doing his schoolwork. And uh, Jason looks at me. He's like, "Yeah, they said he was on P O R N." I was like, "What?" <laughs> oh my God. 
See here. He's like, no, I wasn't. I wasn't on there. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't. He was. I was just looking. <laughs> <laughs> See, but what's up with the school? Do they not have a block? Well, I mean, I'm sure there was a block, and I, he's probably kidding about that, but that's what the other kids were talking about, yeah. saying he was on porn. Wow. And they, and they have uh, the context enough to make jokes about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just funny. Jason's like, PRN. <laughs> <laughs> I had this kid in school uh, in fourth grade, and he swore up and down that he lost his virginity in the um, skating room bathroom. <laughs> That just sounds like a kid just talking shit. Of course it was, yeah. but it's like it was to that point though. Like he, but swore, he thought of that. Oh yeah, because it's like he mapped it out and everything because we had had like a field trip or like a pizza party or whatever at some uh-huh. skating rink, and he swore up and down there that some older girl took him into the bathroom and he lost his virginity. He, he, wa- he watched Boogie Nights <laughs> <laughs> and got very affected by it. <laughs> Man, I always hated that shit. That anytime there was a pizza party, they were always like, "We're gonna." go to the roller rink every <laughs> we time, had roller rink growing up too <laughs> dude every time i put them skates on i busted my ass yep. every I birthday party was at the skating rink and even if you don't fall you still hurt like hell for a few days afterwards because yes. muscles in your legs i hated it <laughs> why, why were parents so dead set on taking us to fucking roller rinks <laughs> That's all we have. everyone did, especially all... from that in that mid '90s period, yeah. early to mid '90s. Yep. Everyone fucking took their kids to a fucking roller rink for their birthday or a pizza party or anything. Th- fourth grade through uh, seventh grade, for sure. That was like every birthday party, and it would be the same music over and over. And they would have mm-hmm. a hard. They would have cool arcade games and shit like that. So that'd be the only re- way I'd get excited. But I was in a small town and everything too, and that's yeah. all we had. Well, even arcades are going away. It's hard to find an arcade anymore. Dave and Buster's yeah. is really the closest thing to an arcade you can yeah, get. Yeah, there's anymore. no homegrowns anymore, really, except for like, you know, that, or they used to have arcades in small towns yeah. and everything, too. But yeah, we have we have a bar in town, a bari. A bari, yeah. And they're, kind of, and they're doing their best to kind of help bring that back some, but it's like... But I think the big cities are able to do that and get away with as many as they can, but not like small towns, like what we had in the 90s and shit yeah. like that. And, and the point being also with Abari is, you know, they're doing their best to kind of cater to everyone, but mm-hmm. it's like still after a certain point in the day, they only allow 21 and over because yeah. right. there's still a bar. So it's like, I love that place. I, you know, I go there often. Definitely check it out if you're in Charlotte. Uh, and it's just a sad thing that it's like they're one of the few people still holding the torch when it used to be. There's a few arcades in town you can yeah. go to. Yeah. Oh, you, they don't have the machine here? Let me go around the block to the other place and check out and see if they got a machine I'm looking for. Exactly. There was usually about maybe two or three in town, and then there was a one at the mall You know yeah. that you could still go to. And, you know, there was usually the one at the mall, and then if you were lucky, there was a standalone one next to a bar. Bar or something like that you could wind up going into but talking about the uh, ranks and stuff like that in arcades all i'm hearing is the space jam soundtrack now <laughs> god don't get me started on that because <laughs> that's all it was in the fucking skating rinks too <laughs> that and disco <laughs> that's like that's one of the few places that really still hold yeah. on to disco they're like yeah. we are not letting go of this one of the last few times I went there, they were playing that fucking Barbie Girl song. Oh, God. God. And, and, what, and, and that was actually one of the final moments. I remember it was, uh, I was part of a youth group, pizza party. And after that trip, I told myself, I was like, that's the last time I'm going. If I have to hear that song played through the loudspeakers. That's going to be a thing if now. If I know for, that's uh, going to be a thing, I'm not going back. See, if arcades are a 
catering to uh, people our age and our demographic now. A couple of uh, decades later, it's going to be uh, skating rinks with 90s music. God. <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to be that... people in their 30s and 40s. <laughs> I don't know, though. The skating ring thing was just something I could never get into. Because even folks were like, oh, if you don't skate, just hang out. I don't want to hang out Why don't I want to pay admission yeah. to skate and not skate? Yeah, why don't, why don't I want to pay yeah. admission to hang out at a place with sticky floors uh, with frozen burgers for $4? Are we playing just, hockey? <laughs> no, I'm not going just to hang out, y'all. It's the same reason why I don't drink, so I don't go hang out at bars. It's like, yeah. people still try to get me to go out to bars. I'm like, what am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> Center and you watch everybody water? drink. Yeah, I'm going to sit in there and watch you get drunk. That's fun. Try to shoot pull around the drunks. <laughs> yeah. I'm one of those people that I'll get, I'm horrible when I start out playing pool. And then there's that sweet spot where I'm good. Uh-huh. And then I'll just fall off again and I can't pick it back up. Yeah. <laughs> I need to hone in on that and then do like some sort of pool shark shit right. <laughs> where I wind up getting folks. Oh, my stepdad used to make money off of me as a kid. Really? I'd get in those nice little grooves and he'd be like betting people. He's like, I bet you can't beat the kid. And he's like, that's, that's a fucking kid. Yeah. Yeah. And he'd take their money afterwards. Wow. <laughs> there was a ritual there for a minute when I was hanging out with the uh, folks up at... Uh, in the Monroe Matthews area, and there was a bar. I can't remember the name of it, but we'd go over there and just terrorize it weekly. And just mm-hmm. we got I, we got pretty good uh, at billiards, pool, whatever you want to call it. We got pretty good there for a minute, but God, that feels like forever ago. <laughs> but that was only like maybe six years ago at this point. A lot has happened in six years, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> I also think about that too. Like you know, even with how fast technology has been moving. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember growing up, it was a big deal when the new Game Boy came out. And yeah. it had, like, <laughs> actual legit upgrades to it, you know? Mm-hmm. But now it's like there was there was almost a time period where there was technology that moved slow. And then, bam, all of a sudden, every year, the last year shit is 100% outdated. Yeah. <laughs> and I almost feel bad for kids growing up now with it because once they start getting used to something... It changed changing a, all over again. It changed a lot quicker than stuff that we had. Mm-hmm. I mean, we always yeah. had VHS. Yep. And we were finally old enough when DVDs came out that we understood the change and the difference. And we've kind of been able to roll with it over time. Yeah. I found even recently that with some of the new apps and everything on that, I'm kind of getting that quote unquote old man thing where it's like, I can't keep up. <laughs> you know, I, I love that sort on of On top of everything else on the internet that we use... Yeah, it's like on a regular I, basis. It's honestly hard to keep up with that stuff now. Yeah. So, and then I think about the kids that do keep up with that, and I'm sitting here going, "Damn, that that's <laughs> a lot on them. It's a lot to they're take gonna, in. They're going to be very resourceful when they grow up. I don't yep. know. Is it going to be very resourceful, or, or is it going to be a bit hive minded? That's almost kind of what worries me. It depends on what they're into. Yeah, because again, it's like I. Because there are some kids that will just steadily post on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. And I don't and understand that at all. Content. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're just brain dump. I'm struggling just to be able to make enough professional posts for the band and the podcast. Yeah. yeah. I don't even make personal posts anymore. The only time I think about making stuff is to say something for the band or the show. Yeah, it's only good for pushing the brand. That's about it. Follow well, that's us about all it's good yeah. for. But what I'm saying, it don't show a fucking plug in there. Real quick, motherfucker. <laughs> I know we've been hopping all over this episode. It's fun. I like that. But I got a bone to pick with you. What's up? 
just for, I do? Just for fun, I went back and started listening to some old episodes of the show. And something you do is anytime I name drop someone, you go, shout out, yada, yada. Motherfucker, yeah. if I'm name dropping them, that means it is a shout out. You don't have to bring attention to it. I got to make sure they're hearing from me, too. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like, in the last episode, we talked about Brad, and you went, shout out Brad and Amy. And then near the end of the episode, I mentioned him one more time, you're like, shout out again, Brad and Amy. Amy. It's what you, <laughs> that's like, you bought him a card, and Cap's like, it's for me, too. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I helped. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I'm doing, I'm helping. <laughs> I know, but this is one of those I was listening back to, I'm like, we get it, it is a shout out, you don't have to name drop him again. <laughs> No, you I listen actually, to too much. I listen to too much Jamie Josta. He does that shit all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. No, you've gotten a whole lot better uh, with this everything. You've gotten a lot smoother. <laughs> oh no, because I want to be good at it too. <laughs> it's showing. It's showing. You're doing. A I good listen job. to too many podcasts with people that are not qualified for it. <laughs> <laughs> like you always say, you want to be Eddie Trunk. <laughs> yeah, he's great at what he does. <laughs> well, do you have anything else you want to rant about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. I'm sure there's been enough online. You got something you thought you want to keep to yourself, quote unquote. There's a really interesting story going on right now uh, regarding Van Halen. And it oh kind of ties into an entire mindset as far as uh, journalism and coverage and stuff like that. All right, drop it on me. There's a, You know how uh, I think of Guns N' Roses and how uh, everybody just kind of found out you know, months beforehand because the rumors were so spread that uh, Guns N' Roses was going to get back together. Same thing's kind of happening with Van Halen right now. Okay. And where people are getting mad at members of the band for like, oh, oh it's confirmed that their uh, bass player said, oh, it's not happening. He's not going to tell you they're getting back together on your stupid-ass interview podcast or whatever. <laughs> They'll make the press announcement when they're ready to make the press announcement. Yeah, everything is planned on that shit. Yeah. So I just thought that was just one of those deals because... I've, heard, I've seen it make the rounds as far as people bitching about it and things like that. And I would love to see a Van Halen reunion with the, why? all the original why members. Would you, why would you be interested in that? Because they're Van still Halen great. Van Halen was good then. <laughs> they're not good now. They're still one of my favorites. Why? I know you hate them. They are horrible. <laughs> they're not... How are they horrible? They are horrible. I love Eddie Van Halen. I was like... I knew I could never be Eddie Van Halen. He's the guy that made me give up, give up that kind of style because, all right, I'm not going to be able to do that, but B.B. King still sounds cool when he does two notes. Well, so. well, you know what? It's a damn good thing you gave up on that style because if you didn't, you wouldn't be where you are still right had great, now. Still had great songs. Dude, their version of You Really Got Me is one of the worst things I've ever heard. Uh, it's, still, it's one of the mm-mm. worst covers ever. Worst co- oh, Still, that's so like fucking like... Uh, that's. Hard, hard words like the. It is, it is, and I stand by them. Those are because, some strong words. Because like, he, oh man, he a- butchers that song. It is a good classic rock and roll song, and then it's it's just the Van Halen and then version. It's, Girl, you really got me now. You got me so I can't sleep. Back. See, it's I love that. It's that's one of my favorite parts of the song. It's the Van Halen version. That's the way they do it. It's bad. It's, 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 it, look, they have I a very distinct for, sound and everything. I too, am man. all for a band taking a song or, or their cover and making it theirs. Mm-hmm. They made it theirs, and it's horrible. I don't <laughs> well, like Van Halen to begin just with. Like your opinion, man. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and my opinion is right. <laughs> Keep your thoughts to yourself. God damn it! <laughs> all right, what if it's a Kiss Van Halen tour? <sighs> I, what the 
the uh, with the painter. <laughs> no, nope. Van Halen. Between. No, they're this, in between. It's Van, Van Halen, Halen, then the painter, then Kiss. Now Kiss would be opening for Van Halen if uh, they oh, got would these kind they? of deals. Yeah, oh. they, they, would, they, would, they would be getting the Guns and Roses money. The Van Halen days. A you Van think... Halen reunion, a Kiss's goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> no, real quick, actually, with, with the original lineup, yeah. yes, of Van Halen. All right, let's use. They were this as, as successful. Let's yeah. use this as a closeout. Uh, I think this has been a pretty good episode. Let's use oh, yeah. this as a closeout, and then we'll go into what the hell we've been listening to. So, national tour. Who would be the opener? Kiss versus uh, Van Halen. You're saying Van Halen. I'm saying Van Halen. Now, what would be your basis? Now, what would be your basis on that? Because the last time that Michael Anthony played with the uh, classic lineup of Van Halen was well over 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. With David Lee Roth, and they uh, did the. Uh, they've been with David Lee Roth for a little while now, and that made all the fucking money when that first happened. And they only do it like every six, seven, eight years or so. They're very sporadic with the the way they plan tours with this mm-hmm. lineup. Mm-hmm. And uh, if Michael Anthony comes back, that's just the whole element of the diehard fan base of something they've been waiting to see for years. Much like Axl Rose with even. With just Slash and Duff, they made all the money with just those two original members by themselves. Okay, so if you're using Guns N' Roses as maybe the comparison, I would argue that Guns N' Roses have stayed in the public conscience a lot more than Van Halen has with Slash doing his solo stuff and Axel making an ass out of himself after all these years. <laughs> That's they've, true. They've managed to stay in the public lexicon and in your grandmother's memory for a while. Right. If you immediately say to someone, hey, Van Halen's doing a reunion... Me personally, I thought they've always just kind of been out there doing the little individual tours every now and then. I didn't know this was anything special coming up. I don't think the general public is going to bounce on that as hard. I think the diehards that you mentioned would. Right. But I don't think they would have the amount of pull that, even though I don't like what Kiss is doing, I do have to give them credit. After all of these years, again, your grandma still knows who Kiss is, you know? Because the Van Halen camp is very... Yeah, you you bring that up, and it's very true because the Van Halen camp is notoriously very tight-lipped about anything going on behind the scenes. Yeah, so it's like, I feel like if any sort of reunion on that... And I even remember that reunion album didn't do so hot. It was a weird setup because even the diehard fans knew going into it that it was a uh, it was revamped versions of old demos. Yeah, they didn't want to take the time to actually write out new material. And there, I think that may have hurt them a little bit. And there is that dynamic where the Van Halen brothers still do not really get along with David Lee Roth at all, but they've been kind of painting themselves into a corner with him because they make all the fucking money when they go on tour with him. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like because I, I honestly feel like Van Halen is almost on that same tier as uh, Aerosmith was. That's fair. And Kiss and Aerosmith, when Kiss was at a low point, did a, tu- a dual headline. Yeah, headline. I remember that tour, yeah. Every other night, they would swap headliners. And Aerosmith's still able to pack whatever house they want, too. Exactly. So, But on this, I feel that with the way Kiss is hyping everything up, I still think they would still take the top billing over that. Even if it was a reunion, I feel like Kiss would still take the top billing for the stage show, for the fact they've seniority, right? because Kiss discovered Van Halen, mm-hmm. Gene did. But there's no way Eddie Van Halen would let that happen either. 
And that's why it probably won't happen. So, yeah. But but in the argument of that, I, I still feel that Kiss would probably still take that top bill slot. I don't think they would even compromise with a dual headline. As again, even with a stage show, you gotta compare stage show of Van Halen versus the stage show of Kiss. That's true because they don't have uh, they have big sets and a few I, and a light show, but that's about it. And, and an unfortunate situation show. that happened on that. Even in seniority not working, when Alice Cooper was opening for Rob Zombie. Yeah. So Rob Zombie had the bigger stage show. Alice Cooper had some fun trinkets and his little traveling circus. He lets the music do more of the talking than the props. With Rob Zombie, the props do the talking. Exactly. And the music music (laughs) is the soundtrack to the props. So, it's a weird situation. But no, I I firmly believe, even with all of Kiss's (laughs) bullshit, that they would still take that top bill. Yeah, that'd be a very fun uh, managemental uh, process to see. <laughs> You're yeah. not fun to argue camps. with. You roll over way too quick. <laughs> no, I'm just kind of picturing now. It's like uh, reading about the backstory of all of their uh, their camps and everything too. Because le- learning about Doc McGee and uh, Eddie Van Halen, or, right? Everybody's wives that manage all the bands. They're very oh, McGee had a hand in Van Halen also. Uh, no, but I'm, oh, okay. I'm talking about like all the big managers. Uh, like yeah, their, yeah, their yeah. backstories and what they do is really fascinating, and that just kind of crept into my head. Well, fine. Don't stick up for yourself. Let <laughs> me run all over you then. <laughs> oh, man. I wouldn't, but you're probably right. It's just like it's Doc McGee versus Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> Doc McGee always wins. <laughs> I know, but I'm sitting here going, I was like, last time. I think rationally. Well, well do you? You, you, thought, okay, you, you, right. thought, you thought Kid Rock got a cut of the concession stand at a venue. With his own uh, beers. and Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> you thought he was getting a cut of them Bud Lights being sold at the bar. So. Well, he's got his own booze and everything. I figured that's what they were uh Yeah, he sells at his merch stand. Yeah. I thought that the, the concessions were selling those, and that's where I was confused in I mean, that he, argument. I mean, he might, but that's his product. True. He's not getting a cut of anything the uh, venue sells. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, this has been a pretty fun episode. David, have you enjoyed yourself? Oh, yeah. Excellent. Well, we might as well just go ahead and wrap on up here, and we might as and bleh, dig into that damn Spotify playlist and listen to what the hell have we been listening to? What you listening to, son? I don't think you like it. Well, why not? I like this new generation of music. Where did you record this? I bought it at the mall. What that person on your tape has is a medical disorder. That was really hard. (laughs) (laughs) Words are hard, man. Let's dig into what we've been listening to. Brought to you by Spaghetti Town Records. They just put out a new compilation of a lot of bands that played at Down South Showdown. And you can get yourself a copy over at SpaghettiTown.com. And we'll be playing a few cuts uh, these next few weeks uh, from the compilation. So run by that website and get you a copy. So thank you, Teddy Spaghetti, for sending us those songs. And thank you to all the bands that contributed and and letting us play those tunes. So like, like I've said, just tune in to the end of the episode. Check out one of those songs. So Cap... In general, what the hell have you been listening to? Well, in general, uh, one of the artists that was uh, on the compilation, uh, BBQD, I've been kind of going down a rabbit hole with them. And in doing so, I found out one of the members has another band called The Rumors, based out of Iowa, fronted by uh, Carly Fox, who also plays uh, with BBQD. This got some really just like dirty, aggressive, like fucking like Joan Jett meets fucking Skid Row, really kind of like. Really? Yeah, she kind of has that Joan Jett meets Sebastian Bach delivery with her voice and everything. All right, it's pretty badass. And uh, so, and uh, I'd say a good sixty percent of it is really fucking solid. 
There's one called, uh, some song titles include, I Want Your Love, in parentheses, Want Your Drugs, <laughs> Hot Bang, <laughs> Let's Get It On. Where did she pull her material from, I wonder. <laughs> but check out the rumors, Hot Bang, that's what I've been listening to, it's kick-ass shit. Hell yeah, man. Well, David, what the hell you been listening to? I'm gonna change it up a little bit. It's not really been a lot of music I've been listening to lately. Okay. Stand-up comedy. Word. Excellent. Yeah. Nice. Give us a comedy recommendation. Um, I've been listening to Tom Segura's, what is it, Mostly, oh, mostly uh, Thoughts? Oh, most, mostly, mostly uh, Stories. Mostly Stories, Mostly yeah. Stories. I've been listening to that one pretty pretty good lately. Okay, is that a new stand-up special or podcast? Um, or? It's, it's a special and an album. You okay. can find it on Spotify. Yeah, it's on okay, there, right. and I think Netflix is running a special yeah, as well. I know, but I know it's still on Netflix. I think it's been around for where a He talks about years. his doctor roasting him. Yeah. He's like, you're the fattest patient I've had all day. <laughs> <laughs> it's 10 in the morning. Still. <laughs> I came for a so. checkup. I didn't come here to get roasted. <laughs> and his wife's like, I bet you're not going. I don't know. You fucking kidding? That's the best doctor ever. I'm, of course I'm going back. <laughs> No, I have to check that out. I didn't know he had a new one out. Is that the one with Mike Tyson? Um, I think it is. Nice. Where he meets Mike Tyson on the airplane. <laughs> My I'm favorite. coming to your show, Tom. <laughs> I love watching Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of my favorites of the uh, recent comedy specials of uh, comedians talking about meeting celebrities have been the uh, Dave Chappelle talking about uh, meeting OJ throughout yeah. the years. <laughs> and near the end of it, he was like, yeah, that motherfucker did it. <laughs> Even though the backstory was that he was the nicest person ever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Every time he met him, he was so sweet. Like, And at the end, he'd always say, nah, there's no way. He didn't do this. Man, they trying to pin a brother. <laughs> what now this is fucked up and he was like but the last time we saw him after all the news came out and everything he's like yeah that motherfucker did it <laughs> <laughs> the juice is loose <laughs> now and um i'm not sure if i brought this band up before um but i don't think i've brought up this album specifically uh one i was jamming to earlier and he was even posting about on instagram uh the fratelli's record in your own sweet time nice um Revisiting that again, not the typical punk rock or rock and roll or rap that Cap suggested every so often. <laughs> it, this is just fun, kind of like pop rock, indie rock. They're uh, from the UK. They're I think they're a British band or something. Owen's probably listening to this going, yelling yeah. out the actual territory. <laughs> you fucking idiot! But no, they're, st they're, 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 a f they're still a great band. Uh, on this album, Starcross Losers is a great song. Uh, Next Time We Wed. Uh, laughing gas there's a version on youtube that's really amazing of that an acoustic version of that so the singer uh he's actually going to be putting out a new solo record or his first solo record rather this year killer and i'm kind of interested to see where that goes because he is a very good vocalist i think so at least and he's kind of done some articles lately talking about you know mental health and stuff and you know he's kind of getting on the front of that going you know hey musicians and artists suffer from this sort of thing and yeah and he's been writing a lot of you know slower and more passionate songs so i'm kind of curious to see what a solo venture is going to bring pick, pick his brain a little bit through the lyrics and everything mm -hmm, because because he's been a lot more personal through the fratelli's music but this being a personal solo record coming out i'm really curious to see what's going to be on it dude this record i'm working working on with uh, Kelsey Ryan. She's writing all her songs are up along that line as far as like all the messed up stuff and her just brain dumping on it on paper. Yeah. Like we were doing pre-pro for one track and uh, afterwards Steve was like, let's take five. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. And if it hits Steve, that means it's good. Cause it's gonna he's, be good. he's usually, he's usually just a rock. Even when we feel like we've killed it, he's like, yeah, all right, we'll go to the next one. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So if it hits Steve, I can't wait to hear that shit. Yeah. 
Well, hell yeah, this has been a great episode. Uh, guys, again, if you got anything to share with us, definitely throw that hashtag on your Instagram posts. Hashtag something good for you. If you got something to share, you can also call us in 513-463-SGFY-7439. Just like Tony did, he threw us out a topic suggestion, and through that we just kind of rambled through the episode. So who <laughs> knows? Uh, give us a call. I'll listen to all of them. They may not all make the episode, but hell, I'll listen to everything and take all your suggestions to heart and david i want us to i want you to come back again some point we will schedule an official halloween episode this all next right. time yeah because i avoided any of those topics yeah it was a completely new episode but uh we'll figure out a fun group way to do a halloween episode yeah. i want to find a way to get more microphones set up and we'll because, have something set up like that by then i think yeah because we kind of do that situation of we want to get into it first to see how dedicated we want to be to it before how much money you throw into it so yeah. who knows maybe by halloween we'll have traded that in maybe to something bigger or we'll have we'll know someone that also has one of those that they'll bring in we're thinking long term a lot now y'all yeah. feels yeah. kind of good it, was, it, it feels good especially after this last weekend you you summed it up by saying you feel like you could run head first into a wall you have no idea <laughs> <laughs> so David again thank you so much for coming in You're very welcome Cap, thanks for having me of course Cap do you have an outro for us uh, R.I.P. Macho Man. Fine. <laughs> Have a good night, y'all. Another amazing production from the Cult of Dave Podcast Network. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it.